she's actually crushing it. She she went from uh, I think it was a, a four or five hundred thousand dollar, maybe million dollar office building to a three million dollar RV park by being creative. She actually did what was called a swap or an exchange. It wasn't a true necessarily. It wasn't a true ten thirty one exchange, but it was a swap of equity. I don't want you to listen to this episode until I have a chance to mention this to you first. As you know, we normally try to have really good sound quality on recording every single episode with professional mics. However, every now and again, when I'm on the road, which tends to be a lot, when I'm on the road speaking at a conference, I might be meeting with somebody else as the case for today's episode. So um, we recorded it and I thought that there was a lot of really great value. So I want you to just Help me look past the sound quality and look at the content that's going to be in this episode. So with no further ado, let's get into the episode. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and today... You'll notice that the mic isn't the same mic that I'm normally on, and that's because I am hanging out at the airport while I have an awesome podcast interview with a good friend of mine, Anthony Chara, who is crushing it, crushing it in this business. He has a educational platform that he has helped hundreds and hundreds of people to get involved into this business. What he's doing is fantastic. We're going to learn a lot from him. So with that said, Welcome to the show, Anthony. How are you today? I'm doing good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience with uh, working with me, even though I'm at the airport today. I'm excited to get through this interview with you. Um, number one, would you just take me way back? Because I love the story of your first couple of deals. Take me way back then to your first real estate deal. What was going through your mind and how did that first deal go? Well, are we talking single-family homes or multifamily? All, anything real estate. Anything, anything real estate. estate. Anything yeah. real estate. So uh, my very first single-family home was actually my, my own home that I purchased way back in 1984. That was a little scary just because it was something new. But uh, I didn't really do much from 84 to 93. And then 93, my wife and I decided to turn our first house into a rental and then move into a larger, nicer home. And then for about 10 years, what we did is just single-family homes. That's all we knew. We didn't know you could do wholesaling and fixing and flipping and apartments and that kind of stuff. It was just buy and hold because that was our world. So early 2000s, we met Robert Allen and started going through some of his training and then realized that we could get into apartments and also do wholesaling and fixing and flipping. And uh, one of the things that I, I learned was that every single time I learned something was to actually then take that information and go out and put it into action. So I, I did a couple wholesale deals. I did a couple fix and flips. And what I really learned was that those were jobs. So then I decided to get into apartment investing because I thought it would be better cash flow. And it is. But even the first one that, that we did was still pretty scary because you're still stepping out of your comfort zone. You're still doing something for the first time and you don't have any necessarily bearing for what's going to happen. You certainly have the education, but there's a difference between the education and then going out and actually putting into action and making it happen. So that was a 14-unit property in Oklahoma and partnered up with a, a partner of mine, a guy named George, and we went out and raised some money from his family and got our first deal done. 
And that was our first Fourier into apartments. And then ever since then, we've been doing larger deals. I think our next one was 98 units. Then we jumped to 120 and 140 and 150. And we still do smaller stuff too. I've got some students. Matter of fact, we just sold a property we held for about three and a half years, which was only 31 units. We bought 60 units uh, as small as the 14 unit and then as, as much as a big 410 unit portfolio. Awesome. I, I love that. And one of the one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about is it, it was interesting to me when hearing your story um, in person. One of the things that you mentioned was that you actually started to do real estate because you you learned from somebody who talked about nothing down and you did like lease options and other creative real estate. Uh, could you tell me a, a few of those or, or one that really stands out? Sure. So, of course, a couple of things that I've done when I first started up after I did the Robert Allen training, my first few deals were very creative. And one of the things that you're going to find, the, the best way that deals work for you is by being a problem solver. You literally have to listen to the type of situation that people are in and then figure out a way to solve their problems. So the very first really creative deal that I did was on a situation where a, a guy, his, his wife had just decided that she didn't want to be married anymore, packed up the kid and went back to Texas. And he was stuck with a very large home that he couldn't afford. And I found that out through bird dogging. I, and you're very familiar with that, Adam. You need to let as many people as you know, know that you can help people with real estate issues, that you're buying properties creatively and you're a real estate investor. Well, uh, one of the ladies that uh, a family friend of ours was having lunch with a coworker and the coworker was talking about how she was getting a little teary eyed with how her son is marriage has basically failed and is about to go into foreclosure because he'd already missed one payment. He was about to miss the second payment and the bank had already reached out to him and said, if you miss the second one in a row, then we're going to start foreclosure. So the friend who knew us because we had dropped that that little thing in her ear that said, hey, we're real estate investors, called me up and said, hey, Anthony, can you help this person? And uh, I, I said yes, because the answer is always yes until you have a reason to say no. So I said yes. I hung up with the phone with her and said, oh, crap, now what do I do? <laughs> so I just went back to my training. I grabbed my books, and I just went through step by step. The first thing I did is I proved or looked to see if the property was in an area where I wanted to buy. I looked, I did a title search and had my title company do a title search to make sure this person actually owned it. And there weren't a bunch of liens on the property that I would potentially inherit. And then I called up the guy's mom and said, yeah, I'm interested in taking a look at the house. I went out and looked at it. I walked in and literally it was, it was showroom quality. The thing was only probably about five years old. It was three floors, two above ground, one full finished basement, four bedrooms, four bathrooms, a thousand square feet on each floor. So a 3000 square foot home. It was, uh, I did a appraisal, a, a, a more like a BPO because my wife was a broker back then. So she did some quick checking and found out that the property was worth about 270,000. The mortgage on it was 240. And when I walked through the house, literally it was, it was spotless. It looked like you could put in furniture and, and show the property as a model. It was gorgeous. So, of course, I walked back out, told her I was interested in buying it. She gave me her son's number, called him up, and I literally said, yeah, I like the place. What do you want to do? And his exact words were, I just want to be done with it. And I said, okay, well, I know you missed your January payment. You're about to miss your February payment. Here's what I can do. I can step into your shoes, and I can just take over your payments moving forward. I'll make up the past two payments, plus all, I'll promise to pay all the future payments. And he said, great. I just want to be done with it. So could he have sold it on the open market? He could have, 
but he then would have missed his second payment if he had listed it with the broker. Why he didn't list it a couple months before, I don't know. Maybe it was because it was January in Colorado and there's not a lot of home sales going on. But all of his equity would have been eaten up by the brokerage commissions anyway. So he just, as he said, he just wanted to be done with it. So literally the first time I met him was at the bank when he signed a quit claim deed, transferring his ownership over to me. I then went to the post office and overnighted the quit claim document to his future ex-wife. She signed on the dotted line in front of a notary for her. She sent it back to me. The next day I went down to Douglas County, recorded it at the county recorder's office, and I've been I've owned that property for 15 years now, made every single monthly payment on time. And the property, which was worth 270, is now worth about 450. It has about $150,000 left on the mortgage, and it's been rented ever since. I put somebody else in there who's actually paying down the mortgage for me. So I've done that three or four times. I've done master lease options. I've done wrap mortgages, a lot of creative stuff. And it works both with single-family homes, and it also works with apartment buildings, which is one of the things I love, too. I love it. I want, I'm going to eventually, I want to ask you a little bit about your coaching program. I want you to share that with us for multifamily, because I know that you help a lot of people get involved, but since you brought it up and you were talking about how creativity doesn't just work with single family, it can also work with large multifamily. Do you by chance have an example that you could share with us of something you or one of your students Mm -hmm. has done? Oh yeah. I was working with one of my students a few years ago and um, she was trying to buy a multifamily property up in Northern Ohio. And one of the things that she ran into is she, she called me up or actually she emailed me my, my software spreadsheet, my quick analysis spreadsheet and said, Hey, I've got this deal. The seller's willing to do seller financing or some seller financing. And can we talk about it? Well, I opened up my software and looked at it and all I saw was primary financing. There was nothing under secondary financing, which is usually where seller financing goes and looked at it and, got on the phone with her. We started talking through it. And I said, well, I thought you said the seller was willing to do seller financing. I only see your 80% first and there's no second. She goes, no, no, that is the seller financing. She talked the seller into doing 80% seller financing because through the conversation, and that's really what good negotiations is. It's having a conversation with the seller. She found out that the seller was retiring. Her and her husband were retiring. They were going to jump in their own motor home and then travel the country and be retired, not have to worry about their, their property anymore. So she, um, so she showed it to me and it was going to be, it was a $2.2 million property that she was going to have to put $600,000 down on. And I asked her why 600,000. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. She asked the seller when the seller said they wanted $600,000 down. She said, what was that for? 450,000 was to pay off the existing mortgage. The other 150,000 was to pay the real estate commission and then start them on their retirement. And so she was the lady, the owner was willing to do pretty much 80% financing. So what we did is uh, I talked to her because I looked in the financing and it showed a six and a half percent interest rate amortized over 30 years. And I wanted to know how she came up with those numbers. Did the seller give it to her? Did she offer it to the seller? And fortunately, she called me ahead of time because she said, no, she didn't get that from the seller, that she just thought that would be a good interest rate to pay the seller. So one of the things that I teach my boot camp is how to negotiate what are called zero interest or principal only payments without actually telling the seller that you're going to pay them zero interest. Cause if you actually say, Hey, I'm going to pay you zero interest. A lot of sellers are going to go say, wait a second, where's my money? What, what's going on? What do you mean you're not paying me interest? So we did the math and we took her $1.6 million loan balance and 
before, well, before we did the math, I, I told her to call the seller back and ask the seller what kind of monthly payment she wanted, not what kind of terms, what kind of monthly payment did she need to help her in retirement? So she called her up, had the conversation, got back with me the next day, said the seller wanted $5,000 a month. I said, great, take your calculator, take 1.6 million divided by 5,000, and it comes out to 320 months. I said, terrific, go back to the seller and say, I talked to my partners, we're good, because we knew the numbers worked. As a matter of fact, the $5,000 per month was well less than what she was willing to pay at 6.5% interest, and the numbers still worked at 6.5% interest. I said, tell the seller, your partners agreed, you'll pay her $5,000 a month for 320 months. In essence, that's a zero interest loan or a principal only loan. And she said, uh, okay. So she called her up, said, yep, I talked to my partners. We think 5,000 works. So we'll, we agree to pay you 5,000 a month for 320 months. And the seller said, great. <laughs> I love it. So I love it, it. It works. Now it doesn't work all the time. It, it works some of the time, but it doesn't work at all if you don't ask and if you don't try for it. So don't, don't be asking about terms. Just kind of find out what, what, monthly payment or quarterly payment the seller would like and then figure out a way to get them that payment. But the idea is the way you work the the loan documents when the title company finishes them up is you just say, yeah, we agreed and she agreed. And of course she wrote up the contract that said exactly that. It said the the seller will take $5,000 payments per month for 320 months and she'd pay off the whole balance. Love it. And you said you teach that kind of thing at the boot camp as well? I do. Yeah, I do a one-day workshop. As a matter of fact, I'm down in New Orleans right now because I'm going to be doing a presentation tonight for the New Orleans Real Estate Investors Association. I then I'm going to do a one-day workshop on Saturday. And then I generally come back to the same area and I do a four-day boot camp. And the four-day boot camp is it's packed with information. It literally, it's 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. for four straight days. And I call it a boot camp for a reason because it really is a boot camp where you literally, you got to tear people down and build them back up and give them all kinds of new strategies. So people are, are their brains are definitely ex- ready to explode on Sunday afternoon with all the content that I provide. Love it. And I've been to one of the one days and I'm planning on coming to the four day boot camp in January. Um, so if, if what's the best place, if somebody wants to come and see you, uh, hear what you're doing, whether it's at the January one or one before or after, yep. um, what's a good website that they might be able to go to? Well, one of the best places to go is successclasses.com. That is plural, successclasses.com. They can see a bunch of different places that I'm going to be presenting. There's a tab on the website that says workshops and boot camps. They can scroll down it and they can see where I'm going to be presenting live with the one-day workshops and the four-day boot camps. There's also home study courses that they can buy. If, if they can't make one of my live one-day workshops, I absolutely recommend that they start with a download. I think it's like 97 bucks for a download of my one-day workshop in a webinar format that gets you through the basic information of understanding how to analyze and calculate and learn about the value of and the terminology that's used in apartment investing. So that's the first step. And then we'd love to see you at one of our boot camps. And yeah, if you're coming in January, that'll be down in San Antonio. It'll be nice and warm down there compared to Denver in the northern half of the United States. So come on down and warm up. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. And I want to be right back with the final five. As you know, the holidays are just around the corner. And my sweetheart and I have been trying to figure out what we can do for other people to kind of just give back. 
And one thing that we've found is that we can actually buy toys for foster children. So that's one of the things that we're going to be focusing on this holiday season. And if you'd like to be a part of that, number one, send me an email and I'll let you know of all the drop-off points that are here in the Denver area in case you're local. And if you're not local and you are one of our past investors and you're planning on investing in this next deal, if you're at the $150,000 level or more, I want to go ahead and buy some toys in your name and I'll donate them in your name and I'll just go ahead and take them to that drop-off spot. So for more information to this amazing cause or to invest passively with us in one of our deals, scroll down. There's going to be a link and you can get a little bit more information. Send me an email and I'd be happy to partner with you on helping some foster kids get some toys. Mr. Anthony Chara, you already gave us a couple of cool creative deals that you and your students have done. What's the most creative deal you've ever done? Well, I certainly I like all the subject twos that I've done where literally people just hand me the keys to their property. I can tell you about one of my students that actually did a really creative deal. It's because uh, my stuff, I don't know, maybe I'm too close to it that I don't know if I necessarily consider it all that creative anymore. Certainly when I first got started and I literally had people just hand me the keys of the property, say thank you and walk away. But I had a student uh, recently that actually what she did is she sold an office building. And when she sold the office building, she actually took seller carryback. She took a note. Well, what was creative about it is she then used that note. She did a 1031 exchange with the note and moved the note into a large KOA RV park, a campground. And she's actually crushing it. She she went from, a, I think it was a... a Four or $500,000, maybe million-dollar office building to a $3 million RV park by being creative. She actually did what was called a swap or an exchange. It wasn't a true necessarily – it wasn't a true 1031 exchange, but it was a swap of equity. So in other words, the person that owned the RV park was looking for the note. They were looking for the cash flow without worrying about the RV park. So she swapped that. So that was pretty cool. That is so cool. I love it. What's a book you recommend? Oh, there's a bunch of books. Certainly, Wealth Without Risk is a, is a good one. It was that was one of the very first ones I read. It was it's really really old now though. It was probably came out in the in the 80s by a guy named Charles Givens. That was a real big one, and it it talked about a lot of little things that you could do to increase your cash flow and increase your equity, or sorry, not increase your equity, but increase your wealth by making sure you did things like check your insurance every year, check and get make, make sure you had the best credit card rates and things like that. And then that that's really what got me into real estate investing because he used to have, he's actually passed away now, but he used to have a four-day class on, on real estate investing that I went to in the early 90s. Um, other books I would recommend are No Money Down by Robert Allen, Certainly Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, plus The Cashflow Quadrant, uh, Pretty much anything that you can read that you can get your hands on that will teach you more about how to be a better and more creative real estate investor. Love it. Thank you. Where will you be five years from today? Five years from today, I will probably be sitting in the Caribbean, uh, sailing around on a catamaran that somebody else is, is piloting for me and eating some very good food. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to be doing that in a, in a couple of months. We need to get you on one of those, Adam, because uh, I think you'd have a great time. There's a 100% chance I'll be there. Thank you for the invite. I am, I am in and on and already planning it, actually. <laughs> um, the next question that I have is how you give back. 
How do I give back? I do a lot of things. Certainly, I donate a lot of money. I, I donate to a lot of very worthy causes. Because I'm in real estate, one of the big ones that I donate to is Habitat for Humanity. I also uh, donate a lot to Children's Hospital, American Red Cross. I used to volunteer with them as far as giving back. I, used, I, I went with them for about five years. And uh, there were a couple of different things I did. I was on their disaster action team. So anytime there was something like an, a house fire, an apartment fire, or a natural disaster, I would help out by going out in the middle of the night and help people with clothes, blankets, food vouchers, hotel vouchers, and things like that. I also did transportation driving. That's one of the things that the Red Cross provides to people that are disadvantaged or disabled is we, I would pick them up at their homes or their apartments and take them to doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. And so that was really rewarding. And then of course, I've also volunteered a few times down at the Denver rescue mission by serving meals and things like that. So all kinds of different ways to, to give back. And of course, one of the other ways that I give back is literally with my time with real estate investors. I love answering questions. Anytime I do a presentation, I tell people I will stick around and answer all your questions. It's not unusual for me at the end of a presentation that gets done at 9, 9.30 at night to stick around until 11 or 12 o'clock at night answering people's questions. That's awesome. And that's a good tie-in, a good lead-in to the next question that I had for you. The last question is, how does a listener find you and get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to reach you? Well, the best way would be by email or going through the website. So you can either go to successclasses.com or you can email me at anthony at successclasses.com, anthony at successclasses.com. Again, I love answering questions. Uh, If you send me a huge dissertation that's three pages long, I'm probably not going to go through all of that. But if you have just a short, quick question or something like that you want to ask me, I'll be more than happy to take care of it and get back to you as fast as I can. Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're traveling um, to, to come on to the podcast and to just share some, of, some nuggets of wisdom with the audience. And I hope that they do reach out to you at anthony at successclasses.com and would love to see them at one of your four-day boot camps. I'll definitely be at the one in January. So go to successclasses.com and you can find that January event or one of the other events. And I can't wait to see you there. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. I hope you got value out of today's episode. I appreciate you keep coming back on multiple episodes and listening time and time again. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. And if you would do me a giant favor, it helps the podcast a lot. When you hit that subscribe button, there's a place to rate the show and give us a review. And as a reminder, it is the holiday season. And if you'd like to be a part of bringing toys to foster children, scroll down, grab that link, and let's make it happen.